Look, I know everybody's sick about hearing about Jacob Chikrin. Trust me. Uh, all of us in the media at a certain level are sick of talking about Jacob Chikrin. But this story continues. It's been a story for the past 18 months and continues to be a story today. And will continue to be a story leading up until trade deadline if he is either dealt or remains. And wouldn't that be a nightmare? with the Arizona Coyotes. That's probably the worst-case situation right now for everybody involved. The Jacob Chicken doesn't get traded. We all know that Bill Armstrong, uh, general manager of the Arizona Coyotes, has a price for uh, for Jacob Chikrin right now and has had one. And I don't think that he's wavered either. I think it's the equivalent of what the San Jose Sharks-Minnesota-Wild-Brent Burns deal was once upon a time, or essentially the equivalent of three first-round draft picks, either the picks themselves or the players slash prospects that is what he is looking for so far in 18 months the market says that's not the market for Jacob Chikrin worst case scenario for the player is he doesn't get dealt I would even argue worst case situation for the Arizona Coyotes considering how much this is dragged on is he does not get dealt does that mean that Bill Armstrong just takes the best possible deal he can get come March 3rd I don't think so but A couple of interesting comments here. So Craig Morgan, our friend from Phoenix Sports, um, had a conversation before the Calgary Flames-Arizona Coyotes game yesterday. We'll get into that game in a couple of seconds. That was a huge win for the Calgary Flames. 3-3 going into the third. Normally expect the Calgary Flames to fold not so fast. But Craig spoke to Bill Armstrong on Wednesday evening before the Coyotes-Flames games. And here's a couple of of things that uh, were specifically notable. Armstrong said, Chikrin will not be in the lineup for any of the three remaining games. That is Nashville, Chicago, and Dallas, the three games before the March 3rd trade deadline. Andre Tournier mentioned something about this. Well, didn't mention this specifically. The head coach of the Coyotes said something to the effects of uh, the answer to the question of is Chikrin playing is above my pay grade. Go ask the boss. Well, the boss has spoken. He ain't playing. Quote, One of the reasons we held him out so soon was he played a ton of minutes in the last game. That was the Chicago game at that time, Armstrong said. After that, we thought we were so close to a deal that we just had to make a decision. It turned out we were not. And then one day led to the next day. And here we are today. That deal was the conversation between the Arizona Coyotes and the Los Angeles Kings. We do believe that there was a holdup on money, namely the Arizona Coyotes are not in a position to take any money back. More on that in a couple of moments. Craig continues. There's been plenty of speculation that Chikrin might have injured himself in those nearly 30 minutes in Chicago. Armstrong, however, quashed that rumor, quote, He is 100% healthy, and he's ready to go, that according to Armstrong. Craig, the Coyotes made the decision for Chikrin to return to practice so he'd remain as close to game shape and game sharpness as possible. But at every step of the process, Armstrong said the decision has been a mutual one. Quote, we've had a great understanding on both sides of it, and I think Jacob has been a tremendous professional about it. He understood the entire, the whole process um, as for the state of trade talks regarding Chikrin Armstrong saying there is still, quote, a lot of interest. Now, he goes on to talk about how Armstrong wouldn't give up any details of what the trade situation looks like right now, but does say there's a high level of interest. I don't doubt that. I believe that to be true. I think we all 
believe that to be true, and I think we all wonder too about a team like the St. Louis Blues, who now have the assets to make a Jacob Chikrin um, deal. But Craig goes on to say, you know, the reality is most teams are up against the salary cap. And most teams want the Coyotes to take back salary to make a deal work. See my previous point about the Los Angeles Kings. Final thought here. Team president Javier Gutierrez has made it clear the Coyotes are going to run lean during these rebuild years for the franchise. You saw the Shea Weber deal yesterday, right? Just to get to the salary cap floor um, for the next three seasons after this one. Uh, this is both on and off the ice. If the Coyotes take on big salary in such trades as Chicago did with Nikita Zaitsev, it could handicap what other deals are able to make at deadline because there's only so much cash to spend. So that's where we're at right now. The Coyotes would like to get rid of Chikrin. They also want their price. So far, the marketplace has said that is not what we value this player or not where we value this player and these are the assets we want in return. Now, Elliot has talked about a situation with the Columbus Jack- Blue Jackets uh, making a deal with the Boston Bruins uh, for Gavrikov, getting assets back, including that in a package for Jacob Chikrin. That is interesting. There are other teams that are out there that we all know that are interested in Jacob Chikrin as well. I still wouldn't count out the Los Angeles Kings and all of it, but that is the very latest. That is the snapshot of what is happening with Jacob Chikrin right now. Don't expect him to see. Don't expect to see him in an Arizona Coyotes uniform until a trade deadline, or if he's dealt ever again. Welcome to the Merrick Show. Let's get going. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. By the way, Alex Ovechkin makes his return to the Washington Capitals lineup tonight. Lindgren gets a start. It's a Caps facing off against the Anaheim Ducks as Washington tries to uh, turn around a five-game losing streak and try to claw their way back into the playoff picture. It is a 10-game evening around the NHL. We'll get to a few of them here in a couple of moments as we welcome aboard Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night and 32 Thoughts. Hello, Fridge. I'm guessing you haven't slept much in the last few days. No, not very much, but uh, thank you for your concern. I'm I'm very touched. Uh, I never said I was concerned. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So a a couple of things there. Just mentioning, uh, I'm not sure if you read Craig Morgan's piece um, that that came out about Jacob Chikrin and the... The, the, the quotes from Bill Armstrong about, you know, why they held him out. They thought they were close to a deal. That would have been the Los Angeles Kings conversation. Um, you know, he did mention that Javier Gutierrez has made it clear that the team is going to run lean. We've talked about the Arizona Coyotes not wanting to take back money. Uh, we know they want to run this thing on as much of a shoestring as possible. See Dyson Mayo Shea Weber deal from yesterday. Yeah. Um, for the next three seasons, are able to to approach the salary cap floor here. You know, I, I and and he did uh, Armstrong did say that we don't expect that we shouldn't expect to see Trickerin in the Arizona Coyotes lineup for the next three games leading up the trade deadline. Do you have mm-hmm. a thought on where all of this is right now? And I, I preface all of it, and I preface the entire opening segment here by saying we know people are sick, and leader of this line, by the way, is Kevin Bieksa, of hearing about Jacob Chikrin, but here we are. Do you know what the latest is? Well, I, look, I just think we're in a holding pattern here. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm not surprised he's not going to play. Um uh, I don't think anybody's surprised at that. Um, I, there's a lot flowing around there. Like, like I got to tell you, like there are people who maintain uh, that trade with LA was never close. And uh, like, I think I, I definitely think that they were talking. 
Uh, I definitely think that there were players exchanged, but, um, you know, there are people who said it wasn't that close to going over the finish line and whether the question was L.A. wasn't able to get to where Arizona wanted to go or L.A. needed Arizona to take on money and Arizona wasn't willing to do it. Whatever the case was, there are people who swear that that Kings deal was never mm-hmm. like at the one yard line or anything like that. I mean, someday we'll probably find out the it, truth, but there is definitely yeah. that feeling out there. Well, it's interesting because in Morgan's piece, uh, he quotes Armstrong by saying, we thought we were so close to a deal. This is about, you know, scratching Jacob Trickwin. We thought we were so close to a deal. We just had to make a decision. It turned out we were not. So they thought they were close and then turned around and said, you know what? We're not as close as we thought we were. So that's, yeah. that, and that, again, yeah. again, that's, 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 that's according to, uh, to Bill Armstrong here. Well, I, I think, you know, like that, that can happen. Like, like uh, it, it just there's it takes two sides to make a deal, right? At least, and sometimes one side can sure. think they're closer to the other. Like, like I'll tell you, I had a story uh, the other night. Uh, I had an agent tell me that he that uh, I heard that a player was going to be scratched. I called the agent, and he said, "Yeah, we're expecting it," and I was doing work on it. And the agent called me back a few minutes later and said, "Our guy's playing." So you know, it's clear at one point that the team thought that they were getting close and then they realized they weren't like these do, these things do happen uh, at this, at this mm-hmm. time of year. There's, there, there's no question about that. Um, you know, I think, um, I, I think this uh, with, with Chikrin, like the other thing that he said in that interview today, although he wasn't quoted, I don't think, I think Craig wrote it. So it's clear he was paraphrasing it is that there's a chance mm-hmm. that Chikrin stays past the deadline. And yeah. we talked about this yesterday, not right? It's just not good for anyone. And, you know, Armstrong might be saying that to rev up everybody. We've still got eight days to go here. <laughs> but people are starting to wonder if that actually is, is going to be the case. And, you know, that, that's really not good for anyone here. I mean... Jeff, there is so much crazy stuff flying around right now. Like, like you know me, I've been working on this Gavrikov, the Boston thing, and like someone yeah. said to me, you know, they think it's going to be Chikrin of Boston. I'm like, it flies in the face of everything I'm hearing, and I've heard Boston has to be extremely careful about taking on term because they're trying to get Pasternak done. Uh, but like, it just shows you like how crazy everything is out there. There's there's so much flying around. It's it's really tough to figure out sometimes truth from fiction. And then in the middle of all of it, we start to wonder if Pat Kane to the Rangers can actually, actually happen. Like be, be, before the before this for a second, the other thing about Arizona yeah. is, you know, as as you said, Javier Gutierrez is. Um, Javier Gutierrez said that they're going to run lean. I think was the quote that either you used or Craig used. I can't remember. Like, you know, you look at this, you look at the deal they made yesterday. um, You look at the, at the Batman pitch on the video for the arena. Um, You know, I'll tell you this. I'm starting to hear a little bit about Nick Schmaltz. And if you look at Schmaltz's contract, um, it, the, he has a no trade that kicks in this year uh, at the end of this year. 
And also, like, the the numbers go up. Like, this is one of those that's cash over cap at the end of the deal. And he's a pretty good player. Like, it wouldn't surprise me at all if if a team (laughs) like Carolina was looking at that. Um, But, like... I, like I don't know that he's going to end up going anywhere, but I've had a couple teams say to me, like, you know, kind of underrated good player, and you know, I, I just wonder about things like that at this time. Well, he, he, here's the thing: this is a very, how should I phrase this? The Nick Schmaltz contract is a very un Arizona contract because you're right. This year he's at. Four and a half million dollars. The cap hit is five point eight. Next year he jumps to seven point five, dips down to six point nine, and then jumps up again to eight point five. But the cap hit stays at the five point eight. That is not an Arizona Coyotes contract, and that's not a contract that I would suspect Arizona would want. Like even if they get the arena deal, it's still going to be at least three years until they get that rink. I don't think they have any desire to be perfectly blunt, Elliot in holding a contract like that, not given the economic realities of the Arizona Coyotes right now. No chance. Um, you know, the, you know, the, I don't disagree with you potentially. I mean, like the thing is, if they move some other contracts, excuse me, if they move some other contracts, then it, it might not be a factor. But I can see why people are talking about this one. Okay, um, Park Arizona here for a, a, a couple of moments, although sometimes all roads end up going through um, through the Coyotes. But what do you make of the Patrick Kane conversation right now on another command performance um, by Patrick Kane yesterday? Although Tyler Sagan almost won up them yesterday by scoring with .01 seconds remaining in that Dallas-Chicago um, Oh, my game. goodness. Uh, Kane, Kane was great again. Like it, it, Kane was fantastic again. Uh, seven goals in his last four games. He's on a let's remind them tour right now. It's the look at my hip. I'm still healthy. Look at me snapping in goals like snapping sticks. Um, what do you make of the idea of Patrick Kane and the Rangers not being out of this one, Elliot? Well, first of all, this is way too convenient. It is. It, it is way, way, way too convenient. Like this story coming up now. I, I I absolutely don't think it's any kind of coincidence. Um, like, I, I think Kane is in a position where he's going to do one of two things. He's going to pick a team that he wants to go to and have that team be his team. Or if he can't go to where he wants to go to, he goes through the deadline and maybe he does what he needs to do to be on time to play next year. Because if he, the longer he plays this year, depending on if he needs mm-hmm. to get any work done on his hip, it pushes him into next yep. season. So I think, we're, I think we're one or the other at this point in time. Look, I think he wants to go to the Rangers. I mean, it doesn't take me – I'm not a genius <laughs> to predict that. I think we all know that. Um, and if yeah. you look at the Rangers lineup, there's room for him on the right side. You know, the problem is – I don't even know if it's a problem, but the thing is – the Rangers are going to have to do a little bit of surgery to do this. Like if you do all the permutations and you look at everything with one team taking 50, the Blackhawks taking 50 and the other team taking 25, 
Um, I think they're about $75,000 short, even if Kraft saw is included in the deal. So, like, to do that, the Rangers, they might only be able to carry 20 players in the regular season. Playoffs, you can deal with it, however. Um, and, yeah. but, you know, I just, you know, it, it's going to take some surgery. But the, the one thing is, Jeff, is the last week, it's re-energized the cane talk. Like, if he doesn't have a week like this, we're, we're not talking yeah. about this. But now he's had a week like this, so we're talking about this. It's uh, a lot of markets that are talking about this, and it's a lot of the markets that Patrick, Patrick Kane just went through, and most notably last night, where now the Dallas Stars have lost eight of their last ten, and they've picked up you know bonus points and either uh, you know overtime shootout single points. Um, but you know, listen, Dallas. Da- the Dallas Stars that we're used to this year don't go up 3 nothing and then lose the game. They just don't, but they're in a tailspin right now. Like, turbulence yes. has hit the Dallas Stars, and they're having a hard time playing out of it. Last And last night was, was a great example of it. And so I'm sure Dallas is talking about Patrick Kane. It's not just, you know, the Rangers. I'm sure Vegas is talking about Patrick Kane. I'm sure a lot of teams right now are talking about Patrick mm-hmm. Kane. But there is an it does very much seem and again, this is just I'm saying this and maybe you can say this is irresponsibly, but I'm saying this just based on feel. It does very much feel like a Claude Giroux situation where after the All Star sure. game last year, Giroux essentially said to the Philadelphia Flyers, I'll only go to the Panthers. That's it, make your best possible deal. It kind of feels like this is Pat Kane to the Chicago Blackhawks. I want to go to the Rangers, make the best possible deal, or I'm not going. That again, I'm saying I, that just I absolutely as, think this that. is just how I feel. What's that? Until I'm until I'm proven wrong, that's the theory I'm going with. That is Claude Giroux part two. Um, so we'll see. Giroux we'll see two. That one, you can uh, eliminate. You can trim Giroux. the fat. Giroux two. <laughs> Um, speaking of Chicago, they pick up the key to Zaitsev. We'll see what happens with the contract in the offseason. A buyout is certainly an option here. Um, and they pick up a second and a fourth. Uh, Ottawa Senators <laughs> rid themselves uh, of a contract that they've wanted to get rid of like, bluntly now for a couple of seasons. How did you see this one other than the obvious? Ottawa needed to attach something to get rid of this deal. The Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, have the financial wherewithal to absorb that contract, have the cap space to take that contract, and if they wish, can buy out the contract of Nikita Zaitsev? Well, look, like, Ottawa's, Ottawa's up to something here, right? You know, they're, they're in a situation yeah. where they are trying to get a defenseman. I, I think they've stepped it up, and I think they're trying to get a defenseman. And what that says to me is that They've got something that they there's someone they're targeting, and they're trying to get it done, and they needed to clear some cap room. I think we're all wondering if there's. Uh, it, it, I think the question is, is it someone who's a rental, or is it term? And I I think those are the kinds of questions we're all trying to determine here. But I definitely believe they've stepped up their efforts. Like there have been times they they I mean they've looked at defensemen all year. Like, if there's a defenseman available, potentially available, they've asked. I think what it comes down to is what um, it comes down to is what do they want to do? And 
I think they slowed it down for a while. Now I think it's it's picked back up, and and they're really trying. Like, they're a long shot. Their their points percentage is lower than the other playoff potential teams. They've got teams in between yeah. them, but I think they want to try. So I think that's what they're going to do, Jeff. Curious situation um, with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, tonight we'll see the Edmonton Oilers facing off against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Economic McDavid and uh, against Sidney Crosby, etc. Um, again, we're all wondering when the Jesse Pugliarvi situation works itself out or when Pugliarvi finds finally finds himself uh, a new address. Um, I I wonder about teams like the Florida Panthers. I wonder about the Carolina Hurricanes. If you listen to, you know, if you listen to to Rantanen in Colorado, he's you know praising, uh, you know his his uh, his his fellow countryman Jesse Pugliarvi and saying you know the Avalanche would welcome him with open arms, etc. Do you get a sense of when this thing may come to its inevitable conclusion? Is this another one we have to wait to uh, wait until the trade deadline to find out about? Well, I think the bigger thing is if you look at Ken Holland, he's been careful about he's been careful about not leaving them vulnerable to injury. And we know now that uh, Kane has what's believed to be a rib injury, and he's going to miss a little bit of time. You know, Holloway mm-hmm. is out for a little bit of time now after getting hurt in the American Hockey League. One of the reasons he didn't put these guys on waivers, Jeff, was because he wanted to protect against this. So now I'm not even convinced Pugliarvi yeah. is going to be traded in season. I mean, they might have to do it because they might make a trade and need the cap room or the, or the roster spot. But if you told me now he's going to finish out the year in Edmonton, nothing would surprise me anymore unless they make a move that gives them some depth because they're short. And... That's the one thing that Holland has been right about. Don't walk yourself into trouble by being short. And so far, uh, he has not done that. Uh, I want to ask you about Jacob Verana and the Detroit Red Wings. Red Wings are making their push, and it's pretty exciting. And I'm curious to see how Steve Eisman behaves around trade deadline here if they end up you know, helping this lineup. But So Verana was in. And then Verano was out, waved, and now he's back in tonight, as we understand, as the Red Wings face off against the New York Rangers. Do you have a sense of what's happening here with Verana? Could that game the other night have simply been a showcase game for it him? It was absolutely a showcase. Absolutely a showcase. And there's no question in my mind that one of the things that they were looking at is um, – like who wanted to go see him? Who who was going to be there to uh, watch the game and say, okay, uh, this guy showed us something that we wanted to see. And uh, I like 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 I think that I, I think that there are teams looking at this because they think that maybe they can make a deal with Detroit that is favorable to them because. Detroit will have to do something that they will trade them brand. Like maybe Detroit has to incentivize them or um, make or, or eat money or something along those lines, Jeff, that it will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one team I kind of wondered about was New Jersey, um, but I don't think it's at the forefront uh, for them. 
uh, as a matter of fact, I heard New Jersey because initially when he was called back up, I had someone say to me, you watch New Jersey on this one. Like, this is the kind of thing that they would look at. Like, the teams that try to find, like, value, New Jersey, Carolina, uh, teams like that. Um, New Jersey apparently didn't even have anybody watching them there the other night. So I, I, I don't necessarily think they're at the forefront. But, the, like, the teams that are looking for value, Detroit has to take money. Detroit has to incentivize them in some way. There are teams looking at that. I think the other thing, though, is that, you know, people have to do their homework. You know, how is Rana doing? Like, nobody, everybody wants him to be doing well, but you want to, be, you want to make sure that he's just on a path where everybody feels comfortable. And I think, I think that's the kind of thing a lot of teams are kind of doing their work with. It's a couple things here. So I would wonder about the Dallas Stars. I always wonder about Jim Nill and Steve Eiserman and the nature of, of those conversations. I'm like you. I would worry. Yes. I would wonder rather about the New Jersey Devils um, and would wonder about the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes as well. And then there's another part of me that says, I wonder if this is that essentially Jacob Verana is one of the other considerations for teams that don't get Timo Meyer that, okay, this is a plan B for someone else. So whether someone specifically wants Verana or just has a need for someone in that spot and don't end up with Timo Meyer, they pivot to plan B, and one of the plan Bs that's out there is Jacob Verana. Does that make sense? I, like, you know what? I, I can certainly see that, Jeff. But I think, like, like I said, I think you just have to do your research. And, and like I said, I think we all hope he's in a good place. You just got to make sure he is. Oh, yeah. Uh, true. Um, mentioned the Dallas Stars, and they're not exactly in a great place right now, and I would imagine that Jim Nill is looking to, to do something about that. Losers of eight of their last ten. And and don't look now, but the Winnipeg Jets are kind of struggling here. First of all, that was a huge yeah. win by the Islanders last night yeah. on, uh, on Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey. That was, that was a huge one. Other end of the rink, the Winnipeg Jets. And we've made the point before, you've talked about it plenty, that Kevin Sheveldayoff doesn't rush into anything. The Winnipeg Jets general manager likes to take his time and be very thorough before he makes a decision. But mm-hmm. the clock is ticking here, and we talk about hitting a speed wobble, and Winnipeg's kind of there right now, Frege. What do you hear? What do you know about the Jets? Well, I think, first of all, the Islanders, like, it's so typical of them, right? Like, they, everybody's so excited. They have Barzell and they have, and they have Horvat. And they win a couple games yeah. initially, and then they, they lose a bit. And then they lose Barzell, and everybody thinks they're dead, and they keep winning. It's like the Islanders almost need yeah. to be underdogs. Like, it just kind of fits their, their mentality a bit. You know, the thing about Winnipeg, like, Sheveldayoff, I think, has the toughest GM job in the league. I, I, I really do. Um, uh, you know, like, I think that I think the Jets try to do a lot of the right things. Um, I think they really try to... Um, make smart decisions and, and, and do things to put themselves in good positions. But you've got a team that just, like, it, it, like, like you're, you're cut off from so many avenues because, unfortunately, there's a lot of players that have Winnipeg on their no-trade list. So, you know, it's, it makes life harder on you. It's, it eliminates the pool of players that you can go after. So that's one issue. And secondly... Like this thing with Meyer, I don't know how many times I've said it this week. Like I really think the Jets would be all over him, but you got to think you can extend them. And I'm not—I don't think they're convinced they can. So, like, 
like the thing I kind of sit here and, and wonder about is just what, like, what is, like, what is the move that makes sense for the Jets? Like, I, I could see them being on a guy like Shen, um, but like, like I mentioned last night on the show, like, I didn't want anyone to go crazy with it, but like, if a guy like Schmaltz was available, to me, if I was the Jets, I'd be all over that. Like, he can't block a trade to you, and you have three years of the guy. And, like, that's the kind of thing I would look at and say, wow, like, that's, that's the kind of, like, like you know, you, 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 they always try to get people with term. And I, I think it's a really smart way to go. And the other thing, too, is, Jeff, they have a good team. They have to try something. Like you, you have a goaltender having a truly elite season. You, you, you can't oh, yeah. waste that. You can't. Um, final thought, the Calgary Flames last night. How many times have oh. you said 3-3 going into the third, that's a game that this year's edition of the Calgary Flames loses? But they didn't. That was a huge one for the Calgary Flames. Uh, you talk about uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff having a, a, a tough job with the Winnipeg Jets. How'd you like to be Brad Treliving right now and try to make sense of your Calgary Flames fridge? Well, I, I mean, how about Lindholm apparently going to the dressing room in the second intermission and saying, "Guys, this is our season." Yeah. And a game yeah. where you're like out shooting the other team like thirty-six to two, and you're losing. Um, you know, like I, there was, I guess the third goal it was, I was watching it. It was kind of a bad goal. And I see people uh, ripping Vamelka for giving up a bad goal. And I'm like, Jesus, like he's out here single-handedly no. keeping the team in the game. You're going to rip him about giving up a bad goal. That was, that was he's done it all season. He's done it all season. That was, that was, that was huge. I mean, if they lose that game last night, Lindholm, Lindholm's right. Like that's, that's a huge, like that's a killer, and now they got a big one. Like they tend to, I, I, I think their record in Vegas historically is is very poor. Um, maybe it'll be better tonight because they got in too late to go out last night. Although there's no clocks in <laughs> Vegas, so I don't know if it's ever too late. I was gonna say but this is a huge, huge yeah. one for them tonight. Huge one. No clocks and lots of oxygen. Enjoy Vegas, Calgary Flames. Enjoy Vegas. Um, okay, great stuff, Reach. We'll be uh, and by the way, that game tonight, Sportsnet West and Sportsnet One, is the Calgary Flames and the Vegas Golden Knights, um, nine o'clock Eastern. All right, uh, back to work and no sleep for you, Reach. Thanks, pal. Oh, thanks a lot, buddy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Very concerned. Um, Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts joins us here on the program. Elliot is everywhere these days, and for good reason. He is the most plugged-in insider in hockey, period. All right, here's what's coming up uh, a little bit later on on the program. Immediately, uh, we're going to talk to Tarek Al-Bashir of The Athletic. Um, Listen, the Caps are in a bad way right now. We know that. The question is... You know, does Brian McClellan make the decision that, you know what, we should probably sell here at this deadline. The math doesn't look good for us to jump back into this race. We've lost five in a row. Maybe we take one small step back this season and eyes to next season, get everybody healthy and take another run at it 
as Alex Ovechkin continues to hunt down Wayne Gretzky. Uh, tonight, the Washington Capitals will face off against the Anaheim Ducks. Also, uh, random player of the day kicks off hour two. Andrew Ference will be aboard in hour two as well. You heard Greg and I talking about the new ball hockey initiative um, set up by the NHL. Uh, Andrew is a big part of that and also the NHL Director of Social Impact Growth and Fan Development, um, street hockey leagues for you know kids from 6 to 16 all across North America. And Bob Tativa as well is going to join me in an hour or two. He is a CEO of Sense Arena. It is um, kind of the future of... It's kind of it's 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 the future of training, of reality sports training or virtual reality sports training. A number of NHLers use this. Uh, a number of NHL teams use this. A lot of youth or minor hockey teams and players use this as well. The first time I heard about it was with NHL goaltenders rehabbing but wanting to stay sharp while they rehab from concussions. Virtual reality sports training. Uh, we'll talk in hour or two to Bob Tativa from Sensorina, uh, the CEO of that company, about this. Uh, stay tuned. Tarek Al-Bashir on the Washington Capitals on the other side. You're listening on the Sportsnet Radio Network, watching on Sportsnet 360. Back in a moment.